1: (音楽) Oh, my God.
2: Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Before we do get started, I need to let you know today's show is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. Thanks so much for your support. I especially want to thank James. Uh, We'll send access to the premium thought as we do with all donations of $7 or more. And uh, you can support the show at support.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for uh, today's episodes of Police Headquarters, our very last uh, two, um, Frame Up and Death of a Mystery Rider.
1: Police Headquarters calling all cars. Attention all cars. Broadcast number 56. Be on the lookout for a light blue roadster. Make unknown. License unknown. Believed to have been used in a murder a few minutes ago. That's all. Find you at home. Yeah, what brings you out this late at night, Commissioner?
3: One of the boys in the homicide detail caught me just as I arrived at home. He had a murder case early this evening.
1: Yeah, I heard the call go out over the radio. Sir? Uh, yeah? Hi.
3: Have uh, the boys uh, made an arrest on the call yet? They took uh, someone into custody just a few minutes ago. Good. I hope they hang it on the rat. Well, that's what I wanted to come over and see you about, Captain. Uh, What's on your mind, Commissioner? Ed, you've been one of my best friends for years. Ever since we started pounding pavement together. During the years, what's the whole... on your mind, Frank? Just this: young Tommy Evans was killed tonight. Tommy? Yes, yeah. he was killed just outside the Paradise Club on Grand Avenue. He was killed by a man in a blue roadster. What are you getting at, Frank? Patrolman Kelly saw the whole thing. He said Tommy Evans came out of the club and started to call a taxi. Some fellow had been uh, had been parked across the street in a blue roadster. As Evans came out, the fellow got out of his car and killed Evans with a 38 automatic. Well? Coleman Kelly says he saw the fellow quite clearly. That is, he saw how he was dressed. He said the murderer was wearing a light gray topcoat, a black derby, a bright red scarf. That's a lie. Well, take it easy, Ed.
1: You're intimating that my son Pat killed Tommy Evans.
3: He was arrested just a few minutes ago. It's a
1: lie. He didn't do it.
3: He admits fighting with Tommy Evans. Sure,
1: he fought with him. He'll admit that. Just like headstrong kids always fight. Over some girl that isn't worth a dime, but he didn't kill Tommy Evans.
3: Yeah, of course the state will have to prove that he did, but the state has a lot on its side. Here, look at this gun. Yeah, you know who it is.
1: Yes. Yeah. Belongs to my son Pat. It
3: was found at the scene of the crime. It
1: was. Who found
3: it? and Kelly. Once more, we traced the blue roadster. Kelly gave us a fairly good description and said he fired a couple of shots at it as the murderer drove away. When we found the car, it had a bullet hole in the right rear fender, and your son Pat admits owning the car. I don't believe it. It's it's a frame up. Where is Pat? They're taking him down. You want to see him? Right now.
1: Come on. They're not going to frame my boy. No, sir. Not while I'm alive. Uh... They brought him in yet? He's been booked now, sir. Bring him in right away. Uh, yes, sir.
3: Now, don't take it so hard. After all, if he is innocent, he'll be able to prove it. If he is innocent,
1: you talk like you believed him guilty.
3: You'll have to face the facts, Ed. It looks bad for him.
1: We'll face the facts, all right. We'll dig up all the facts. And we won't stop until we find out who's trying to frame my son. Come in. Oh, Dad, I didn't do it. I didn't have anything to do with it. Sit down, Pat. Yes, sir. What time was Tommy Evans' killed, Commissioner? 10.30. Where were you at 10.30, son? I don't know, Dad. You don't know? No, sir. You see, I went to the club, Jake Hodges Paradise Club, at 10 to see Millie. I thought I told you it. Well, it's all right now. Go ahead. Well, I I went to the club at 10 o'clock. I met Jake Hodges in the bar. He invited me to have a drink and... Well, that's all I remember, Dad. Honest. You mean? Let that. me handle this, Commissioner. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You mean you were drugged? Well, I, I don't know for sure. My, my head feels like it. Fella doesn't usually pass out after one drink. Where were you when you came to? Lying in an alley behind Jake's Club. I see. What then? I went to the corner for a cup of coffee. Lieutenant Owens of the homicide squad saw me and picked me up. I see. Now, I want you to answer truthfully, Pat. Yes, sir. What did you and Tommy Evans fight over? Billy. You mean that girl who dances in the club? Yes, sir. I've been going there for quite some time. Tommy went with me one night. I was interested in Millie, and Tommy tried to cut me out. I told him to keep his hands off, and uh, he hit me, and we mixed it up for a few minutes, then Jake threw us out. The officer on the beat ran us home, and... Well, that's all there is to it, Dad. And this fight took place last night? Yes, sir. How about tonight? I didn't see Tommy. I parked my car across the street from the club and went in early. Did you see this... Uh, this girl? No. She hadn't come down yet. Mm. Well, you've got yourself in a fine mess. I'm going to tell you something, you young fool. Something that'll hit you pretty hard and take a lot of wind out of your sails. Yes, sir. Now, I don't think for one minute that you killed Tommy Evans, regardless of what the commissioner, Lieutenant Owens, or anybody else thinks. Yes, sir. This dame that you've been playing around with is... Well, she's just about the hardest type of dame you could run into. Besides being old enough to be your mother, she's Jake Hodges' girl. What? You mean that she... isn't worth the powder to take the blower of to... No, no, no. You're in a jam, son. My job to get you out. You take your gun with you tonight? Yes, sir. Yeah, you would. You had it on you when you went into Jake's? Yes, Dad. You had the key to your car in your pocket? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, you've been trained, son. Are you going back to the jailer and tell him I said to lock you up? When you're sitting there in the dark, just try to remember what I told you about that day. Yes, Dad.
3: You coming with me, Frank? Yes, Ed. I've been with you for twenty years, it's too late to stop now, I guess.
1: Flights like this on a salary of 25 bucks a week? Yeah. That'll make me laugh. Come on, Frank. What are you going to do, Ed? I'm going to find out what she knows. Do you think that oh, she no. knows? Who is it? Telegram, ma'am. Just a
4: minute.
1: Oh. Now, don't get upset, young lady. Get
4: us out of that door. Not
1: so fast, Millie. We're coming in.
4: Oh, you bulls make me
1: Yeah, I don't doubt it, Millie. Get back out of the way!
4: Say you can't manhandle me that way, you you dumb copper. Just because your son's in a jam. Oh,
1: so you let the cat out of the bag, eh? How'd you know Pat was in trouble? The news isn't out yet.
4: Well, I I had a phone call.
1: Yeah? Who called you? Jake?
4: Say you leave Jake out of this. You'll you'll get me fired.
1: (laughs) Don't make me laugh. Sit down.
4: Say you can't talk to me that way. Sit down.
1: Yeah. What time did you go to the club tonight?
4: About ten. Did
1: you see Pat? No. Did you see young Tommy Evans? No. You like to make Jake Hodges jealous, don't you? What's it to you? You like to keep him running after you so you'll pay your rent and buy your clothes, don't you? Get
4: out of here, you cat foot!
1: Yeah, we're going now. Come on, Frank. We're finished here? Sure. All I want to do is to make sure that she knew all about what was going on. Come on, we got some work to do. Uh
3: Put it over here to the Paradise Club to tell Jake. I
1: put it nothing. I sent one of the boys to bring her over. Yeah, but, uh, now, just stop worrying. Anybody think it was your son that was in the jug. Yeah, right through here. We'll find Jake's private room. Well, this the club's still open. Yeah. They've just started picking the pocket. Drunk. Well, yeah. Here we are. Order. Santa Claus, sweetheart. Come on, Jake. Open up, open up. Oh, hello, Captain and Commissioner. Oh, well, 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 this is a surprise. Is it? Sit down, you heart-boiled yeck. Hey, what's the... Sit uh... down. We're here to arrest you for murder. Oh, yes? Oh, I don't try to be funny. I'm not trying. I'm naturally funny. Anybody would know you wouldn't stand for anybody fooling around with your girl, much less having two guys after her. What are you talking about? You know what we're talking about. You saw that my son Patton, another young punk that didn't have any more sense, was after your girl. You thought you'd do yourself a favor by getting him out of the way. So you put knockout drops in Pat's beer, then dressed up in his hat, coat, and scarf, and killed Tommy Evans, and then beat it in Pat's car. Uh, you're just dishing up a lot of hot air. Am yeah. I? We've got it down in black and white. Yeah, well, you're lying. Oh, I am, am I? Show him that confession we got from Millie, Commissioner.
3: Oh, that. uh...
1: That signed confession from Millie. Oh.
3: Here,
1: uh, yes. yes. I'll read it to you, you dumb yegg. State of, uh... Well, we'll skip that part. Yeah, uh, yeah, here's what we want And so because of these things, Jake Hodges lured Tommy Evans into a spot in front of the club And killed him with Pat Weaver's gun Signed, Millie DeVale, witness Yeah, that crazy dame is lying me? Bring her in
0: Jake
1: Millie DeVale, do you identify this man as a man who planned to kill Tommy Evans? Oh, you're snitched, eh? Or you dirty devil-crossing Stop! <laughs> uh, that'll hold him I don't think I killed him. Jake! You mean you still care for him after he tried to kill you? Yes. I didn't snitch on him. I know me. you didn't, Millie. That's why hey. I spoke before you had a chance to warn him. I caught him off his guard. He thought you really signed a confession. <laughs> well, come on, Frank. That'll have his fill of jail for now. <laughs> Quarters. Just a second,
3: please. Detective Bureau, Captain Wright.
1: This is Spencer Merrill, the publisher, Captain.
3: Yes, Mr. Merrill.
1: I'd like to see you as soon as convenient. The matter's very urgent.
3: Very well. At your office?
1: No. No, meet me at the offices of the Beacon Magazine at Madison Avenue.
3: Yes, I know where it is. I'll be there in 20 minutes.
1: Very well. Yes, Captain?
3: Order a short call card at the rear door. Yes,
1: sir. Come in.
3: I'm uh, Captain Ryan.
1: Yes, I know. I'm Mr. Merrill. Good. This is Mr. Peters.
3: Right night.
1: How do you do? Uh, sit down, Captain.
3: Thanks.
1: Peters here called me at home this morning with a very strange story. Uh, well, you tell him, Peters, just as you told me. Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, do you know Winston Fenchard, the writer? Yes. He's probably the best known of modern detective story writers. Yes, I know. Well, He's doing a series for us known as The Perfect Murder. You may have read it. No, I haven't. Well, nevertheless, uh, we contracted for a series of eight episodes from him. We go to press this week for the last of the series. Hmm. Well, the last episode is due the day before yesterday. I telephoned the department to find out when it was to be delivered, and I received no answer. Yesterday, I sent a messenger to Trenchard's home, and there was no reply. This morning, I received this in the mail.
3: Oh. Well, uh, you read it okay. for me, will you? Well, it's a letter
1: from Trenchard, mailed last night from a post office station near his apartment. Oh, read it, then. The perfect murder shall never be completed. When you read
3: these words, I shall be dead. Signed, Trenchard. Hmm. Are you uh, sure the signature is genuine? Yes. And uh, have you called the apartment today? Our secretary has been phoning all morning. Then I expect the best course to follow will be to go to the apartment ourselves. Exactly.
1: Get your coat, Peters. Come, Captain Red. We'll go in my car. It's waiting downstairs. Oh.
3: acquainted with him, Mr. Merrill? Naturally. Mr. Trenchard is unmarried? Yes, he he was married once years ago, I believe. Uh, here. It's this door.
1: (laughs) Well, there doesn't seem to be anyone stirring about in fact. Knock again. Try the door.
3: The door seems to be locked from the inside. I expect we'd better force it. Yes, sir. I'll lend a hand.
1: There. Yeah. 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 There's a light just inside the door, Captain. I found it. Doesn't seem to be anyone at home. This may be some sort of a... Well, what is it, Peters?
3: In that chair. Look. Trench it. Steady now. Don't bother one of you talking. He's dead. This is awful. Maybe uh, we can get a little more light in here. Uh, try raising that blind at that end of the room, tomorrow. Yeah, this is a terrible thing to happen just now. Murder's a bad business at any time. This is a ghastly thing. Mm, looks as if he shot himself in the forehead. Here's the gun and the attitude of the body is normal enough. I only had an idea what he was planning to do. I, I could have perhaps prevented this. Uh, how long has he been dead? No, I won't be able to say definitely until the coroner gets here. Offhand, I'd say twelve hours at least. Then he probably killed himself sometime last night,
1: after he'd mailed a letter.
3: What's this in the fireplace?
1: It looks like a burned manuscript. Now, careful there.
3: We'd better leave that to the men from the identification bureau. All right. I just wanted to
1: make sure it was a manuscript. It's the one we've been waiting for, too, Mister Merrill.
3: The last episode of The
1: Perfect Murder. Yes, sir. Hmm. Well, that places us in a fine predicament.
3: Can you get a ghostwriter on it in time for press? Hmm. Uh. I'm afraid not, sir. Well, then, do it yourself. Yes, sir. Uh, Isn't it the usual thing for a writer to make a carbon copy of his material? Uh, Yes. Then, before we get all excited about it, I suggest that we look around for the carbon copy. Uh, Not now. I, I want to telephone to headquarters for the fingerprint men. I'm not so sure that this is a suicide. Finished, Evans? Yes, Captain. Everything's clean as a whistle. Found the ejected shell, and it looks like it's the one that did the dirty work. Mm. Ballistics will call you just as soon as they finish. All right, Evans.
1: Well, uh, what about the carbon copy of the story, Captain Wright?
3: Our men found nothing. Just as I thought. Trenchard must have gone
1: crazy, burning the manuscript and then shooting himself that way. Well, you'd better get busy, Peters. That story must appear in our next issue. I'll do my best, Mr. Merrill.
3: If you'll uh, wait just a minute, I'll see what I can do about it. There must be a copy of that story somewhere. There were approximately 30 pages found burned. One complete episode, there must be another copy. Well, then where can it be? Well, that's a very difficult question just now, Mr. Merrill. Uh, If you and uh, Mr. Peters will return to your offices, I'll see what I can do in the meantime. If anything new turns up, I'll call you at once. Very well.
1: Do what you can, Captain Wright. I'll appreciate it. Mm.
3: Our magazine must have the final episode of that story by midnight tonight. I'll uh, do my best. Good night, gentlemen. Good night, sir. All right, Evans. uh, Bring the girl in. Yes, sir. Come in, then. Have a seat, please, Miss Saunders. Thank you. You were Mr. Trenchard's secretary, I believe. hmm? Yes. You were fairly close to his personal affairs?
4: Reasonably so.
3: Did you do the typing on his last story, the perfect murder?
4: Yes.
3: Did you uh, make a carbon copy of the work? Yes, sir. Do you know where that copy is at present?
4: No, I don't. I finished it sometime last week. I left both copies with Mr. Trenchard.
3: I see. Uh, do you have any idea where Mr. Trenchard could have put the carbon copy? We failed to find it in his files or on his desk. Well,
4: it wasn't in the file, and I don't know where it is. Mr. Trenchard was very particular. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Miss Saunders, uh, do you know of any reason for Mr. Trenchard killing himself?
4: Certainly not.
3: Oh, what do you mean by that answer?
4: Well, I... I mean, I know of nothing which would cause Mr. Trenchard to commit suicide. He was very much against suicide. Why, in several of his books, he had branded it as a cowardly act.
3: You're familiar with Mr. Trenchard's handwriting? Yes. Would you uh, tell me if this is his signature at the bottom of this letter?
4: Well, it it looks very much like his signature.
3: This letter was mailed to Mr. Peters uh, sometime last night. It was posted shortly before 8 o'clock. But... Oh. What's on your mind, Miss Saunders?
4: Oh, but that's impossible. Why? Mr. Trenchard was with me last night from six thirty until eleven o'clock. Oh. He couldn't possibly have posted the letter.
3: That does throw a different light on the matter. How's your memory, Miss Saunders?
4: Fairly good, I believe.
3: Well, if you have no objection, I'm taking you to lunch, and uh, while we're lunching, I'd particularly enjoy hearing as much as you remember of the last episode of Winston Trenchard's The Perfect Murder. Uh... I'd expected to hear from you last night. I'm sorry I disappointed you, Mr. Merrill. Uh, You know Miss Saunders. Yes, how do you do? I'm
4: very well, thank you.
3: You made out all right with the story? Yes, Peters finished it last night. I was reading the galley proofs as you came in. I see I'm too late. I thought you'd enjoy receiving the original. The original? Yes. Oh, is uh, Mr. Peters about? I believe so. Uh, Would you mind calling in? Why, yes. Ask Mr. Peters to step into my office, please. I've been doing a lot of work, Mr. Merrill. That's why I had no time to call you last night, as I promised. Work? Uh, yes. Uh, and Miss Saunders here has been invaluable to me. You, uh, you wanted to see me, Mr. Merrill? Oh, Captain uh, Wright. Uh, how do you do? Come in, Miss Peters. You. you know Miss Saunders? Well, certainly. I'm going to ask uh, both of you gentlemen to sit down while I tell you how I found out that Winston Trenchard was not a suicide. Not a suicide? Exactly. Winston Trenchard was murdered. Murdered at his own suggestion. But this is incredulous. Nevertheless, it's true. Winston Trenchard was murdered by his own suggestion. But I'll ask Miss Saunders to read from a portion of the original manuscript.
4: The killer turned for a last survey of the room. Then stealthily, he closed and bolted all the windows from the inside. Next, he withdrew from his inside pocket a small portion of fishing cord and two pins. Kneeling beside the bolt on the door, he worked feverishly for a few minutes.
3: Saunders, where did you find that manuscript? Uh, Don't interrupt, please, Peters. Uh, Go ahead, Miss Saunders.
4: Within a few minutes, he had inserted the loose end of the string through the keyhole, and entering the hall, closed the door softly behind him. Pulling gently on the cord, he heard the bolt inside the room slip into place. Applying more pressure, he felt the pin straighten... And with a slight jerk, he withdrew it from the keyhole. With a leer on his cruel lips, he stepped back and tried the door. It was locked. Locked from the inside. At last, he had committed the perfect murder. But
3: Captain Wright... Ryder... That was the method the killer used to kill Trenchard. He used Trenchard's own murder scheme. But he didn't dare let Trenchard's solution of the crime appear in print. He was afraid that it would uh, set someone to thinking. So he carefully destroyed the remaining copy of the manuscript. The copy? Yes. The burned portion which we found in the room was the carbon copy. The killer already had the original in his possession. But this is ridiculous. Oh, not so much as you'd think. How much were you paying Trenchard for the story, Mr. Merrill? $5,000 an episode. Mm. Payable upon publication of each episode. Mm. You uh, signed the checks personally? Yes. Then they were sent to the offices of the magazine for delivery. To uh, Mr. Peters here? Yes. Would you be surprised to know, uh, Mr. Merrill, that uh, those checks never reached their destination? Captain Wright, that's a lie. Steady, Peters. Not a move out of you. It's true, Mr. Merrill. Those checks were cashed, but not by Trenchard. Peters cashed those checks, forging Trenchard's name. I repeat, it's a lie. Peters made arrangements to pay Trenchard after the last episode, thinking that his winnings on the market would replace the money. Unable to pay, he read Trenchard's last episode, and uh, using it as a guide, killed him. Why, you're lying. Oh, no, I'm not. Peters, I searched your home this morning. I found the fish cord, the bent pin, and best of all, the original manuscript. Where you made your mistake, Peters, was in taking Trenchard's story too much to heart. There's no such thing as a perfect murder. Uh.
2: Welcome back. Well, uh, uh a couple of uh, observations. I think these were two uh, fairly good uh, episodes to close out the series. Uh, the first episode was somewhat interesting in the fact that the um, uh, that the captain uh, basically uh, seemed to be of the view that uh, when you are a police captain, it's like being able to send your kid to the room. Uh, except you're now using the jail cell, just the way that uh he talked about sending him back to uh jail. Uh the second one was good and it, i think that's probably one of the worst things or worst possible timing with a rider to die is when there is some uh unfinished work. Probably the most famous instance of of that is uh Charles Dickens' uh, Mystery of Edwin Drood, where uh he died before finishing the work. Well, folks, uh, that's it for Police Headquarters, and you know what that means. Next week, Jack Webb, Barton Yarborough, in the series that would redefine police procedurals forever. Coming next Saturday, it's Dragnet. I'm excited and uh, looking forward to going through that series with you. This will also be probably the last split episode we'll do for a while uh ever since we started the Bob Bailey Johnny Dollar serials we've had um at least one show a week where uh we would have two episodes of one series or one episode of one series one episode of another and that'll end for quite a while, uh, unless we find some additional episodes of Police Headquarters or some other 15-minute show. Probably won't happen again until we go through Mr. Keen Tracer of Lost Persons. Now for some listener comments and feedback from our feed review in Canada. Um Magnificent Terrence says, uh, thank you for making these wonderful shows. Uh, and Joan says, uh, hi Adam, as always, you have the most information about each show and I finally got caught up to date with yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Keep up the good work. That's Joan from, uh, Southern Ontario. Guess, uh, 111, uh, writes, uh, hi Adam, fall is here. This was from October tw- 2012 and rain is coming down in full force up here in British Columbia. We're so thankful to have such wonderful programming to keep us cozy during these, uh, windy months. Thanks so much and, uh, <laughs> uh, happy Halloween. Well, that's the peril of when you realize you have reviews on the Canadian iTunes store after five years of doing the show. So sorry we didn't get to that sooner, but, uh, I appreciate the, the wish and, uh, thanks so much to Ryan and Christine. Uh, That will do it for today. We will be back Monday with Pursuit. And join us back here Saturday for the first existing episode of Dragnet, second episode of Dragnet overall. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten Lucky? Lucky?